And now, God, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, my rock and my redeemer. Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. This is our passage this morning, and I, I love the significance of that language that, that Paul uses as we are here celebrating the second day of Christmas. Now, I want you to know that it's not time to pack up your tree yet, but we are in the season of Christmas tide. That is 12 full days of Christmas. And just a couple of days ago on Christmas Eve, we gathered here at 2BC for our Christmas Eve services. It was a beautiful time of worship where our children worshiped Jesus through instruments, our orchestras as well, where our choirs lifted up their voices, where songs were sung throughout this sanctuary and it filled our hearts with songs and hymns that welcomed the coming of the Christ child to us. We rejoiced in the birth of Jesus, the Christ, our Savior, God of God, light of light, begotten, not created. Emmanuel, God with us. And together we continue to worship him, the Prince of Peace who entered into the world, who became, as, Jesus, as Jason reminded us, who became vulnerable like us for us. And in our passage today, we are admonished to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. I love that language that Paul uses, dwell, to inhabit, to live richly within us. The sense is, is that the teaching of Christ, the significance of his birth and the presence of his spirit is to take residence fully and deeply in our lives. From Paul's writings, we are to understand that this Christ event is not just an ordinary event. It is a huge, significant event in the life of believers. This breakthrough moment is significant because it is the fulfillment of God's promise to God's people. Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise that Abraham received from God of a great nation that would come about through faith. He is the fulfillment of the promise given to David of one greater than him who would sit on the throne forever. He is the fulfillment of the prophets who wrote of a deliverer, a savior, a child born who would save his people from their sins. He is the faithfulness of God delivered up close and personal to us. God's promise fulfilled in time and space in human flesh. The Christ event is significant because it shows God's faithfulness, not just here and now, but throughout history, independent from our own faithfulness, or perhaps more honestly, our own lack of faithfulness. But God's faithfulness does not depend on ours, thanks be to God. 
But God remains faithful. And we see this through the fulfillment of the promise of Jesus. And this fulfillment changes everything. It is an invitation not to live a modified life, but to open up our lives up to complete transformation. Author and writer Anne Lamott calls, recalls hearing of a friend of hers who speaks beautifully about this transformation, this transformed life that we experience from faith in Christ. Her friend says, you know, when you ask God into your life, you think God is going to come into your psychic house and look around and see that you just need a little bit of cleaning. And so you go along for the first six months thinking, how nice life is now that God is here. Then you look out the window one day and you see that there's a wrecking ball outside. <laughs> it turns out that God actually thinks your whole foundation is shot and you're going to have to start over from scratch. What a powerful image of the transformative presence of Christ in our lives. That the incarnation is not like a, a, a renovation. It's not like Save My Reno, where a little patchwork is done for minimum amount of cost for maximum benefit. But no, it is beyond that. It's beyond looking past our weathered and crumbling morality and perceived goodness. And it is foundation shaking, life altering of an event. The foundation of our lives are shaken and must be shaken with the things that we formerly relied on, our own righteousness, our own abilities, are replaced with a new foundation, one that is established on the good news of Christ. Paul, the author of Colossians, writes his letter to re-emphasize the life-altering good news of the gospel that he first preached to them. The center of the good news of which Paul emphasizes time and time again is the good news of God, of salvation and of transformation that it begins in Christ, it is in Christ, and it ends in Christ. The good news of salvation and transformed living is found in Jesus from beginning to end. He is in and through all in all. You know, one of my pandemic skills that I picked up in the past two years is baking sourdough bread. Now, I got into this because me and Langston were walking down the street and we had a neighbor that was halfway in between us and Jewel College who was sitting on the porch and in good fashion, as preachers often do, we stop and start talking. <laughs> and within that conversation, our neighbor had told me that she started making bread. And I said, that's interesting. And then two hours later, we get a knock on our door and she's given me a sourdough starter. <laughs> what am I to do with this? So, so I start with my starter to make sourdough bread. And the experience is something else because really there's only a handful of ingredients. It's basically flour, water, and a little bit of salt. 
And some would argue the starter because the starter is the most significant part in the process. It starts with your flour and your water, but over time, the yeast and bacteria begin to develop in there. And it's alive. It's living. And you begin to see how it is alive and living through your starter, which which starts off as just a, a really weird mixture of flour and water. But over time, you begin to see the bubbles start to pop up. That's the carbon dioxide produced from the yeast. And, and if you look at the jar, if you mark it, when you first mix it in the morning, you come back, the, the, the starter itself actually doubles in size. And so you've got to take a little bit out and scoop it out and put some more flour and water each morning to keep feeding it. And y'all, one week I, I forgot to feed it. <laughs> And, and if you don't feed your starter, it starts, it, it's funny things happen and it starts to smell all strange. And I was getting ready to throw the whole thing out. But my friends on, on the Internet said, don't throw it out. Just 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 throw most of it out, but leave a tablespoon left and keep mixing the flour and water. And so I did that. And over time, over the course of about a week, my starter began to be active again began to rise so that when it's time to make your bread, you, you mix it in there. And if it's an active starter, when you first mix it, you're not going to see much of a change. But keep coming back and keep looking at it. An hour later, you may not see much change. And an hour later, you, you come back and look at it. Three hours into it, it doesn't look like there's much change. But, but somewhere along the line, in the fourth and fifth hour, you begin to see the signs of life. Of that active starter on the inside of your dough. You know what? Our life in faith is a lot like starter and dough. Because sometimes it doesn't always look like things are happening on the inside. But it is. For that active starter is working through the dough just as Christ, who is the active agent in our lives, is working in and through our lives. And eventually it works throughout the entire lump. Eventually Christ is being manifest Throughout our lives. And I think that is what Paul is trying to get through to us. That the working out of the virtues in our life that we are hoping for and that we want to see and that we expect to see in our life, it does not begin with us. But it begins in Christ, it is in Christ, and it ends in Christ. He is the redemption of all creation and the active agent by which we place our faith. He is the faithful one. And we know that we can have total and full faith in him. So how do we know that we can have total and full faith in Christ? Well, Paul lets us know. He tells us that Christ is preeminent, meaning that he was before all things and all things have been made through him. 
He reminds us that Christ is divine. He is the visible image of the invisible God. He reminds us that he is redeemer, having rescued us from the power of darkness through the cross and forgiveness of sins. He reminds us that he is Lord, head of the body, which we call the church. And he reminds us that Christ has come and is coming again. And through him, we are able to to put to death our old ways and put on the new life that is in Christ. Not a renovation with a pretty veneer on the outside, but the same structural bones. No, not that, but a life that is being renewed daily by the active working of Christ and our yielding to him. Therefore, we can clothe ourselves in compassion because it is he himself who was compassionate. Therefore, we can clothe ourselves in humility just as he himself humbled himself, even to the point of the cross. We are able to clothe ourselves in meekness and in patience, forgiving one another and loving one another. These are the outward expressions of the inner working of faith in Jesus. They are virtues that are evident as we read the narrative of Jesus' life, and they are virtues that signal the inner working of Christ in our lives. Now, us trying to produce these virtues on our own, no matter how hard we try, will fall short. It cannot be a work that begins and ends with us. It must be a work that finds its place beginning and ending with Christ. It is the constant putting off of our old selves that God may put on the new self, the new self being renewed in Christ from beginning to end. And so our part in this is that we are able to be participants in the work, even as Christ is the originator of it, which means that in the new life, we're going to have growing pains. And trying to live out the new life, we will have our missteps. But even our missteps, we turn to Christ as the source of our renewal and strength. Because, you see, we are not working for the new life, but out of the new life activated in him. And perhaps that is the beauty of it all today. Out of his life, we live. And so in light of this, we who are beloved, and we are all beloved, who have tasted of his love and redemption, we who identify the joy of the Christ having come in person, we who have sung of great cheer, joy to the world our Savior has come,
We who are admonished to let the good news flow to every aspect of our lives. We let the Christ dwell richly within us. That it may be outward in our life and actions and in our world as a testament of his faithfulness to us and in us from beginning to end.